0: Welcome to episode 30 of Talking Wild Madness. And uh, that sound that you just heard was from a man called Damien who was playing the clarinet under the underpass, which went from uh, Sternplatz, which was where Tom's neighborhood is, and then it went under the underpass. And that man is playing that clarinet. Um, I played the clarinet when I was about nine years old for about two years. And uh, just by listening to, 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 to him playing, I think he's on a, on, a, on a number four read, which is the equivalent to being, I don't actually know what the equivalent of that is. That's high-level stuff. I'm not sure. Now, alarm has just gone off. <laughs> the ala- alarm has just gone off. We're going to write it out, though. We're going to write it out. We are sitting in the what's called the Rooker Insel. Now I might just I might just wait and see if this siren is going to is going to keep going because that's going to be the antithesis of Damien's number four Reed clarinet that he was playing playing previously. Uh, this city is uh, maybe it's fitting that there's an alarm going off in the background, and, and as Alec Baldwin said in Glen Gary Glen Ross, let's just we'll go anyway. Let's just go anyway. This is the, one of the most peculiar, beautiful, unique, strange, mellow places I've ever been in my entire life. This is, Tubingen. is, I think it's about 30 kilometers south of, of Stuttgart. And no, oh, there it is. Thank God. Thank you. And no one really knows, uh, no one really knows about it. Uh, Tom said it's like an insulated bubble in the middle of in the middle of Germany or in the, in, in the southern middle of Germany. Uh, and when I got to the airport the the young German uh, looked me in the eye with his blonde flat top and said, "Where are you going?" And I said, "I'm going to Chubing. And he said, "Where?" And I said, uh, "It's like it's, uh, south of Stuttgart." And then he said, "How long are you staying for?" And I said, oh, maybe three weeks." And then he stamped my uh, he stamped my passport, and then he just said, "That's it, get out of here, white man. You're done. I'll, we'll see you on the way back. And you're from Australia." But this universe here, I really I don't know how to describe it. I don't I don't have any words to describe what this place is like. Well, hang on, I do have lots of words, but I don't think that they're going to accurately. Uh, some up to place. I mean, the most beautiful part of the of the town is is the architecture. It's like something. It's it's like something in in the front of a biscuit tin. And yet, you know, every single turn you take, you are just confronted, like lovingly confronted with the most uh, beautiful uh, architectural design and city planning that you've ever seen. Uh, uh, it's it's you know and maybe it's like this all over Europe maybe it's like this all over everywhere except for Australia I doubt it I really really doubt it because so I've been in a few places in Europe um, and this is just so peculiar I have never I've been here I've only been here a week maybe less than a week and there's there's no aggravation there's no hassle no one is. No one is out for murder. No one's out for blood. Everyone is just, everyone's just here into being. In 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 the uh, in the bubble, as as Tom would say. And it is such a, wow! Oh, it really is. It's it's just incredible to just to experience it. And on, and on every other street there is, I have to say, Damien was the Damien was the pick of the bunch with his clarinet. And like I said, he was he was hitting that. You can tell, you can tell a clarinetist. You can tell a a, a number two reed clarinetist from a number four reed clarinetist. They're just on a different level. And a number four reed clarinetist only gets only get the, the beginning stage of the reed. Of, of, of for a clarinetist and if you're not familiar with clarinets the, their nickname is the licorice stick and they're a long uh, they're a vertical instrument that you blow into it's got a mouthpiece, a, a barrel and then an upper register, a lower register and then a horn at the bottom, they're usually black and your skill level is determined by the thickness of the wooden reed that you put in the mouthpiece and when you start off you start off with a one and a half reed this this reed is is as thick as uh, as rolly paper. It's very very thin, and it's very forgiving. Uh, because a good clarinetist, the good clarinetist needs an embouchure, at the, the the mouth muscle, and like any other discipline. Like any other discipline, it's just a matter of of nailing the discipline, understanding the discipline. But for a clarinetist, you need nimble fingers that bounce up and down. Not bounce, that flutter up and down the, the keyholes. And you need an embouchure, which is a mouth grip. You need muscles inside your mouth. And the thicker the reed that you can make music with, usually... Well, not usually, actually is the better... The better musician that you are, and if you if your embouchure is so th- uh, dense and thick and strong, uh, you can play a a a a, 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 a <coughs> excuse me a size four read the way an amateur can play a a one and a half read. And Damien, on, under this under this underpass, not this overpass, this underpass you could just tell straight away this man is a master at what he's doing now I think there was a few squeaky pete notes I think there was one or two uh, in in the recording but man I'm not gonna or I'm not gonna begrudge Damien a few squeaky peats he he is he's out there it's it's 1130 at night it's two degrees and and this man is is uh is out there playing I think it was Mozart I'm not sure if anybody knows what that piece was I think it was Mozart um but I but I but I really don't know and and I'd be happy to be corrected if it, if it wasn't but it's very indicative of tubing um the the underpass itself is it's a bit like the opening scene in Romper Stomper. I don't know if you've ever seen Romper Stomper. It's this horrendous, terrifying film about neo-Nazis and Asian gangs going to war in, uh, in the late 80s or the early 90s in, uh, uh, I think it was either Richmond or Fitzroy. Anyway, somewhere in Melbourne. And the underpass that you walk through here in Chubinging is very similar to the underpass that is the opening scene in Romper Stumper. There's more bells. Jesus, this fucking town, man. But instead, I think the op- the opening scene of Romper Stumper was two uh, young Asian children on a skateboard going through Richmond Station, and uh, after they after they went down through uh, Richmond Station underpass, all kinds of post-colonial hell was visited upon them and it was yeah a traumatic traumatic film still remember the impact that that film had absolutely absolutely horrendous and yet here in tubin you go through an underpass that looks identical and it's covered in graffiti and there's a there's a clarinetist playing a number four reed and i think he's playing mozart i think he's playing mozart I'd actually really love if someone knew what that piece was and left a message on the, um, or sent an email to talkingwildmadness at, at gmail.com or left a, left a voice message so, so we could find out. I can go back later on tonight and, uh, and see if Damien's still there. I can ask him what it was. I went to meet him. I went to say hello. Because busking's a hard... Um, that's not an easy uh, that's not an easy thing to do busking and I extended my hand for him to shake my hand and he gave me the equivalent of like a club fist so he didn't extend his he didn't open his hand to shake my hand but he he gave me his his closed fist to shake and I wasn't sure if that was because I think it might be because he wanted to protect his fingers maybe in case... Case I like gave him a squeeze harder than he was expecting, or something. I mean, he was so good, I'd imagine people would come up and say hello to him all the time. All I, I imagine. Um, so I've been here, like I said, I just for just under a week. I think I might be over the jet lag. Um, I think I ended up being up for over as a jogger, just jogging past. I might have been up for just over 60 hours. I have to say it was, it was, um, is hallucinatory a word? I'm not sure if it is, Uh, but I I didn't, I didn't drink that much during the 60 hours. So I wasn't like exhausted, jaded, but I was, I, I really felt like I was outside of my own skin, which is not a bad thing to do every now and then. But last night we went to Christmas carols it's it's December what is it now December 20th December 19th no I think it might be a bit later than that and we went to the old city in Tubingen and the old city is is that chocolate box basically and it's cobblestone streets and there's lots of hills up and there's lots of hills down and they're all cobblestone. There's a dog walking past with a glow-in-the-dark collar on. Uh, there's not many dogs here. There's not many dogs here and there's not many children here. This is a little bit like the city in Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. When uh, when they arrive at that town. And the, and the I think Benny Hill works as the toy maker. And the uh, Russian ballet dancer is, is there as well. And he's out snatching snatching children. And I, th- I think... I think, this because this town is is mostly, besides a historic masterpiece of a town, it's a university town, so there's a lot of uh, single people, and there's a few elderly people, but there's kind of no one in between. It's very, very weird, but not in a bad way, but there's no, I think the, the oldest child I've seen, and I've been here almost a week, the oldest child I've seen is, is about, um, I don't know, three? And I've seen maybe four dogs in, in five days, and there's no teenagers here, so I'm not I'm not sure I'm not sure wh- what they're doing with their teenagers, but there doesn't seem to be any teenagers here at all, like literally at all. But Tom uh, Tom took me to, we've we've actually had a very dramatic um, few days. Um. I think myself and Tom were both excited at meeting each other again. I haven't seen Tom for man, it must be nearly a year, maybe six months, maybe ten months, and we obviously we get together and and do the podcast every Wednesday. But you know, seeing a friend for an hour a week online is not the same as as sharing the same space um, every day together. There's, there's, obviously there's no comparison. Um, and I think I, think I, got, a very, I got very excited uh, by, being, by being here and, and, you know, Tom asking me to be here and me asking Tom if I could be here. And, and when I turned up on the first day, Tom had laid out uh, a plate of mandarins, a bowl of olives, and his housemates had uh, baked uh, some, some biscuits because it's Christmas time. And and then he also had like a few uh, wheat beers, that he that he'd put aside for me as well. And then he also because we the last podcast we did together was about uh, Frederick McCubbin, and Tom, the gorgeous soul that he is, went to the trouble of going to the local print shop, and he got a um, he got a little postcard with Frederick McCubbin paintings on the outside, and on the other side of the postcard. Um, he, he wrote a lovely message, and uh, yeah, it was just, it was, I've never really felt that kind of a welcome, and maybe I haven't, you know, maybe I haven't traveled, um, maybe I haven't traveled enough, or I haven't traveled to friends enough, um, but it was a really, it was a really beautiful thing, and I just, I thought to myself, you know, this is, this is a plate of mandarins and a, and a bowl of olives. And and it probably cost three or four dollars or three or four euros, but the meaning that it had was was profound it was a thousand times the cost of it, and and I think it's it's similar. I, yeah, I was really grateful for it, and I'm I'm trying to get better at expressing that to to you know to Tom. I don't think I've have expressed that to him, um, but I, yeah. I, it it was it was it was quite it was quite beautiful I remember going to India years ago maybe what is it now yeah maybe seven eight years ago nine years ago and I remember being in India and it was a very confronting welcome to India it was very you know coming from Australia going to India it was a very overwhelming uh, violent um, uh, exposure to just millions of people, millions of people. And then where we went to stay for the first for the first place that we went to stay, um, an Indian woman came and put a flower garland around my neck, which is, uh, I, I think the Hawaiians call them leis. They, they're just, just little loops of, of flowers. And that tiny, tiny gesture, I still remember to this day, this, that tiny gesture made me really just feel, um, so welcome and, um, and safe, which is, yeah, again, you think of, of of what it is and how it was made and what it took to make pales in, pales in comparison to the, to the impact that it actually has. Um... So anyway, after after the first day um after the first day Tom had a bit of a had a bit of a um a uh, I won't say breakdown at all. I won't say breakdown at all, but he had a a heavy psychological uh go of things. And I had a heavy psychological go the next day. So I think we were both we were both in a very peculiar state. Um on the, on the first day, Tom locked us out of the apartment, fell down a flight of stairs, and then had to go to hospital with a migraine. Like it was very, very, very intense. Um, and for no other reason than, than the, well, I don't, I won't say for no other reason, but for the reason of just kind of hanging out and just seeing each other again, I suppose. Uh, and then the, the 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 next day, I i made the terrible mistake of going to well not the terrible mistake but in 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 hindsight no it wasn't it wasn't even a terrible mistake in hindsight but i went to um the equivalent of the australian bottle shop here in in uh, Tubingen in germany and the bottle shop here in germany is basically the supermarket and uh the the beer and especially the beer the beer is so cheap here it's it's practically free. It may as well be free. Um, you you literally can buy a couple of liters of insanely good German locally made wheat beer for like a dollar a liter. Like it's just insane. It's re- they may, like I said, they literally may as well may as well give it away. And then you can also buy uh, whiskey for the equivalent of about twelve twelve dollars, which you um, which you certainly can't do. Um, back in Australia. So I got a bit carried away that, that, um, that, that day and then I um, ended up there's, there's, a, there's a golden Labrador passing by. There's not many dogs like I said, but when they pass by there they are. Um, so I went to the bottle shop. I, I bought I was confronted with this this, uh, this ridiculously cheap booze. Uh, And I I have a a nice leather backpack that my sister bought me a few years ago that I've just been putting to use And I bought a bottle of whiskey for $12 and I bought 10 liters of beer for 30 cents or whatever it was And then I uh, went to Tom's Girlfriend's house because Tom lives in an apartment to the west of Tübingen five minutes west and Tom's girlfriend Pauline lives five minutes east so they actually have this beautiful, uh, they have this beautiful relationship where they have their own space, and then they just they can hop on a bike, and that ten minutes becomes like three or four minutes, and then they get to uh, walk or cycle through these these just gorgeous, gorgeous looking town uh, to to meet each other. Um, so Tom's giving me his apartment, and while I'm here, he's going to live with his with his girlfriend in her apartment. So after Tom. Went to the airport. Uh, not the airport. After Tom went to the hospital for uh, for his migraine, uh, and he ended up getting like some heavy doses of painkillers while he was there. And, and it's not something that he that he normally has. So it was it was quite you know it was a it was a frightening it was a frightening experience. And then the next day, Tom's girlfriend was going to go to university because she's studying. Uh, to be a psychologist. And I have to say she lives with <laughs> she lives with two o- two other people. And I went to meet everybody. And Jan is um, he's studying to be a neuroscientist and I think Stephanie is her name and she's studying to be a general practitioner. I'm not 100% sure but I think it was something like that. Uh, So we went over to meet them, and I said, look, I'll come over. If you have to go to uni at 10, I'll go to your place at 10, and I'll look after Tom. And I'm in the process of writing uh, a new book at the moment. Uh, Bird is is coming out in February, March, uh, in a few months' time, two or three months' time. And I just actually got the the typesetting proof sent through today, which is very exciting. Um, But... Tom, uh, Oh, hang on. I, I'm, hang on. Hang on. Sorry. Someone's just passing. Yes. So I said, OK, if you're going to uni, I'll go because I've got I, I'm trying to hit a thousand words a day. And when I say I'm trying to hit a thousand words a day, I'm hitting a thousand words a day and I'm writing this new this new book. Um, it's it's actually a, it's an erotic novel, but I'm going to publish it anonymously because it's too embarrassing to, to publish. And I need someone to uh, proofread it and edit it. But I'm I'm too embarrassed to uh, ask anybody who I would normally ask to edit or proofread. So if anybody out there wants to proofread and edit uh, an erotic novel, uh, please get in touch. Uh, TalkingWildMadness at com, or leave a voicemail about being an editor for the erotic novel. So anyway, I said, well, look, if, if you have to go to uni at 10... I'll, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll be there at 10. I'll be there at 10 and I'll, um, I'll, do, I'll do my little bit of work. Hang on one second. But of course, what I didn't uh, count on was the fact that I now had uh, a bottle of whiskey and, and 300 beers in my backpack. That that cost me uh, four dollars and twenty cents, and the bells ring again. The tubingen bells ring again. So I ended up getting uh, quite early in the day, like ten o'clock, ten thirty, because uh, Tom did get up at ten, and Pauline went to uni at ten, and Stefan and Stephanie and Jan all went to uni at ten to be neuroscientists and psychologists and uh, and, and 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 whatnot. Uh, and I perched myself up at the table, and I had uh, I had a collection of, of of good German beers, and I had a bottle of uh, I wouldn't say good German whiskey. It was American bourbon whiskey, and it was it was yeah. In all fairness, it was uh, it was pretty rough, but it was seven euros a bottle. So what can you expect? So I sat at the kitchen table, and then I wrote. Uh, my thousand words of of, uh, of the erotic novel, and uh, and then uh, Tom Tom got up. He went back to bed. He came back out. He went back to bed. And uh, after about an hour or so, uh, it was I I'd, I'd finished the work that I'd done, and Tom had had seemingly recovered. So we decided to go back into the old city, and uh, and see what was going on. Spend some time, spend some time together. But of course, by this stage, it was 11:30 in the morning, and 12:30, uh, maybe, maybe it was just past noon. Uh, and I was lit. I was I was uh, I was drunk, basically. Uh, yeah, there's no other way to to, to, to put it. Um, but I was deliriously happy and drunk and I, I'd got my writing done in the morning so I felt very good about that. Uh, Tom was on the mend and it was all happening. So then we went into town. Now again, Tom's just recovering from a night in the hospital with these migraines being on on, uh, on three doses of painkillers. And not to excuse myself at all, um but I, you know i had been up for 60 hours and i was also just kind of trying to find my bearings and trying to walk upright but anyway what in what ensued now there's just a, a couple of people i have to actually explain where we are here as well now there's a police siren or maybe an ambulance siren where we are at the moment, we are in the middle of the uh, the Rooker, which is a river that runs through Tubingen, and I think we'll just enjoy the uh, the doppel effect of of the uh, ambulance that's going by. Now, in a town with with no violence, no teenagers or wild dogs, it'd be interesting to see where that ambulance is actually going. Um, so, there's a river that runs through and I think it's called the Rooker. Now, Rooker also might mean the bridge that crosses this river, but I'm not sure. Neckermuller? The Neckermuller. It might be the Muller River or the Necker River. I'm not sure. And there's a bridge that goes over it. It's a beautiful, still river. And this town is six, seven, eight hundred years old, which is just, you know, coming from Australia is just... Yeah, it it, it's one part overwhelming, but then it's also it's also it's it's scary how quick, you adjust to being surrounded by history and beauty. It's it's, uh, man-made beauty, obviously. Like I I'm, I'm I live on the south coast of Western Australia, and it's a beautiful wild rugged place, um. But the man-made parts of where I live are not particularly beautiful, whereas the man-made parts here are. <sighs> They're, they're just they're so gorgeous it's 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 yeah I, it, it's it's like trying to describe a, a song you can't you can't describe it with words it's just it's unbelievable and what's even more unbelievable is how quick you just take it for granted like I've've been here less than a week and I'm already like yes 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 that 800 year old church yes 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 that's fine nothing to see there yes I'll just uh, I'll enjoy this local dry Riesling uh, you know at the steps of this church and you can booze here as well you can drink out in the streets which is nice now you can't drink a bottle of eight dollar euro whiskey and, uh, and still have, have friends but you can, uh, you can, you can wander around with, a, with an Irish coffee or a nice dunkel or a nice uh, wheat beer uh, so myself and Tom anyway we wandered in oh sorry no hang on I'm in the Rooker Insel now the Rooker Insel. Now it might be the Muller Insel, but I think it's the Rooker. The Rooker is the river, and the Insel is this island. And apparently, the story goes: two hundred years ago, in this town, because it was a university town even back then, two hundred years ago. And 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 back two hundred years ago, the uh, the city, the city elders, the aldermen of the, uh, the aldermen or whatever they were called, the aldermen. Um, decided that there wasn't enough park space for all the students there wasn't enough leisure space for the students to uh, hang out and relax now where Tom's living where where he's put me up I'm living in his room he's he's across the town in his girlfriend's room so I'm living with three other students and let me tell you these students know how to relax they, they don't they don't get out of bed till twelve o'clock, um, but to their credit, they stay up till one in the morning, two in the morning, and they're all very sober and mellow. And even at two in the morning, they're just they're just very very uh, sedate's the wrong word because they're not sedate. They're they're fully tuned in, um, but they're, there there's a there's a beauty to which to how they live life here, which is which is something else. But anyway, 200 years ago, the city council decided to put a island in the middle of this river. And the island is close to... It's not quite a kilometer long, but it's pretty, it's pretty close to being a kilometer long. And it might be 30 meters wide. It might be 30 meters wide. And the trees that they planted 200 years ago are now... Uh, They're now about 40 meters high in the air. Now we've got some traffic coming through here, so I'll just let this pass. So that that was um, that was a, a couple walking um, walking north, and that was two uh, young men walking south, and the two young men walking south were I don't know they they look like they should have a big 1980s ghetto blaster in their hands, but uh, they don't. So I don't know where that music's coming from, uh, but it's coming from them, and it and it's again with the double effect. It's 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 going away the other way now. Um, but we're we're in the Rooker Insel anyway, and it's it's an incredible uh, it's an incredible testament. And without getting too uh, carried away and emotional about city planning, it's a hell of a it's a hell of a thing that two hundred years ago these people thought, let's build an island in the middle of this beautiful river, and let's plant. I mean, there must be four hundred giant trees here. It's so gorgeous, and then they have a long, they have a long line going between the trees with little lanterns on them, and they don't, they don't actually light up the place. They just, their their job is just to be kind of lanterns. It, it's a, it's absolutely it's it's mind blowing. It's mind blowing the foresight. Every now and then, if you're on the internet, you see these uh, memes, or memes, or you see these posts. And it's, uh, you know, a wise man knows to plant trees that he will never eat the fruit of and that kind of stuff. And, and that's that's where we are here in the, in the, in the Rooker Insel. So myself and Tom, anyway, I was very drunk. We went into town and uh, I talked before about wanting to eat hummus in the Middle East. And I did that in Oman. And I also wanted to eat a, uh, a bratwurst in Germany an actual proper bratwurst in Germany. And the little bit extra that that hummus had in the Middle East was also true for the bratwurst. The bratwurst, like I don't eat a lot of sausage, I don't eat a lot of bratwurst in Australia at all, but the bratwurst that I did eat yesterday was almost like a religious experience. It was familiar that it tasted similar to, to the bratwurst I have had before, but it, it just had this... Now, maybe it had something to do with uh, uh, the half a bottle of whiskey I had in the morning at, at 10 o'clock, but I don't think so. I really don't think so, because the temperature here is like 3 or 4 degrees, so you you, you, um, you, you sober up quite nicely, even if you do drink heavily in the morning. Uh, anyway we had we had a bratwurst and hot wine from a uh, from an outdoor uh, store uh, like a hut Um, and then we went to the bank I had to get some I had to get some money out from the bank because Chubingan is uh, they like they like trading in cash and when I asked Tom about that he said yeah they're a bit old-fashioned that way they they like they like uh, they like trading in cash um, they don't like trading so much in, 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 uh, in card um, which I thought was very sexy as well I really do I And mean, I think it has to have something to do with their surroundings it has to have something to do with their surroundings this is such a fucking beautiful place um, anyway I went into the bank and I made a terrible uh, cultural faux pas and I made a Hitler joke in the bank now Making a Hitler joke in the southwest coast of Western Australia is one thing. Making a Hitler joke in Germany, in one of Germany's greatest expressions of civil living, that's a different story altogether. But we were in the bank and there was a fella in front and he must have owned a penny arcade or a gaming machine or a bubblegum stand or who knows what who knows how he gets through the world but he was there to basically pour uh, a bag of pennies into a machine and it was the same machine that I needed to use to get some money out. And he was wearing he was wearing a trench coat The the same kind of trench coat that Christopher Reeve wore in uh, Superman 1 when he was Clark Kent, in uh, when he was living in Metropolis. A long, cream, beige trench coat. And 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 he looked kind of out of place just with that trench coat because that, as well as living in a beautiful aesthetic city, aesthetically beautiful city, the people dress very, very well here, they dress extraordinarily well. the women in particular dress very well, but the men also dress very, very classily. Classily? Classy. They, they dress. Uh, there's a level of sophistication, but it's not a pretentious sophistication. But it's 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 lovely to be around. Oh, my God. It's so lovely to be around. There's no... Uh, no one's wearing Kmart pull-up uh, zip-up hoodies. No one's wearing uh, board shorts. No one's wearing track pants. No one's wearing... Fifteen-year-old jeans. No one's wearing uh, uh, trainers. Uh, You know, no one's wearing Holden uh, polo shirts. Everyone is dressed really, really beautifully here, Um, and it just—it has an effect on you, man. It has an effect on you, Uh, and and even the guy, you know, especially the guy Damien, uh, playing Mozart under the underpass. You know, he was dressed beautifully. He was dressed impeccably. But we were in the bank and this guy was shuffling pennies into this machine and they were spitting out notes for him. And then he had to wait and then he'd pour in some more pennies and then shuffle out a few more notes. And then, and on and on it went. And we were there for ages, man. We were there for a long, long time. And the reason I had to go to the bank was because I had to get some cash money to, you know, buy these bratwursts and the hot mulled wine and that kind of stuff. Because a lot of the places here are just, are cash. Which I which I actually really enjoy. Um, but we were waiting such a long time and I was, I was boozed up to the gills, I have to say. Not proudly, but I was. Um, and then I thought it would be appropriate to make a Hitler joke. So I put my fingers, my two fingers under my nose to represent the mustache. Here's more bells, there's more bells. I put two fingers under my nose and then I stood on one leg and I put, I put my right leg in, in, uh, in, in, the in, in the in bit of my left knee. And I declared to the entire bank, uh, Flamingo Hitler. Now the reaction to my, what I thought was a hilarious joke. Uh, was very different to to how I thought it would go down, to how it actually did go down it was it was very very different. And uh, the guy with the pennies, he, he left. We we I we myself I got onto the machine, and I took some money out, and then uh, and then and then we left. And uh, and Tom, who was just recovering from a spell in hospital with a stress induced migraine, had to say to me hey Adam uh, I have to live here after you leave um, and maybe it's not a great idea to be making Hitler jokes uh, so it was it was a it, you know it, it was tough it was hard it was a it was a hard uh, it was a hard it was a hard moment and part of me wanted to run away part of me wanted to run away to Poland or Switzerland or Italy and another part of me wanted to uh, not run away, because I, ha- I have this uh, disabling phobia, and it's a failing, it's not a good thing, but I do have this thing where I don't like being told what to do. And I think everyone has that thing. I don't think anybody likes to be told what to do. And uh, Tom, in his graciousness, wasn't really even telling me what to do, but he was suggesting... That maybe I don't make public jokes about. Well, essentially about the Holocaust, which is the whole reason that we're actually here. We're going to go and visit Auschwitz in 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 a few days' time. So I had a lot of um, I had a lot of soul searching, I suppose, to do. And Tom is one of my uh, great friends, one of my really really good friends, and he's the kind of spirit and the kind of soul that I'd like to. Um, selfishly, be around and absorb his energy uh, for for you know for as long as I live, really. And I feel like even if we're not in the same town, or not even in the same country, or in the same hemisphere, that we still have that connection. And there was this part of me that was like, No, you can't tell me what to do. Fuck off! I'm gonna do my own. Fuck, fuck you, fuck off! I'm gonna do I'm gonna do my own thing. Oh, I think these fellas are coming back the other way. Um and then I then I emailed a friend. I emailed a friend basically for advice and they said, you know, this is this is life. You you either you run away from everything or you engage with things. Now hang on, I'll just let these fellas pass again because they're very peaceful, beautiful fellas. So we went back to Tom's house after that. And Tom had to go in to um, get a few things because he was obviously out of his element. He was living at his girlfriend's house. And I said, look, I'm going to go to the pub down the road because this was before I emailed my friend for the advice. But I said, I'm going to go to the pub down the road. And uh, so I did. I disappeared. I, I ran away. I ran away. And then I didn't run away, obviously. I walked away. And then I spent a couple of hours at this, uh, at this, at this little place called the Posenhof, which I'm told is, uh, I think it's the place to rest, the place to rest. Uh, so I went to the Posenhof, and I it was a, it was a, it was quite a dingy it was like a dive dive kind of a bar, and even in a beautiful town like Tubingen. There were dudes at the bar who had like half of their heads shaved and there was tattoos underneath where they had shaved their heads. Um, and, and they... they uh, and anyway, I sat there for, yeah, as I said, like two hours. And I, I, I have to say I, I was a little bit uh, stewing. I, uh, I wasn't happy with... I wasn't happy with myself... I wasn't happy with being uh, suggested what to do, and uh, yeah, it just wasn't just wasn't just wasn't right. Now, uh, an outsider would say, "Well, Adam, you probably shouldn't have drank so much of that whiskey from that seven-euro bottle of whiskey. Maybe that had something to do with it." I would definitely say it probably did, and it skewed my perspective quite a lot. But I felt like I had let my friend down. I felt like i I had let Tom down, and I felt like I felt like shit. Yeah, I didn't feel good. I didn't feel good. So I stayed in the uh, the Posenhof for uh, a couple of hours, and then and then I went back. And this is this I mean this is this is tragedy upon tragedy. I went back to my friend's house, who was giving me his bed. Tom doesn't have an apartment. He he has a room in an apartment with three other people. So I went back and slept in my friend's bed who who I, you know, had let down. I had let down. And then I emailed my friend and and said, hey, look, what's, you know. I I, I think I think Hitler from Lingo was a great was a really good joke, I have to say. And I do uh I I, I do put a lot of value in that, but I just think <sighs> you boorish fucking asshole, man, you can do better than that, and the friend encouraged me to uh, face it, to, to um, you know, to live up to it, to uh, accept it, and to apologize for it, I, I suppose, yeah, um, someone just jogging past now. So I went to sleep and I woke up the next morning and I was determined, I was determined to make amends to Tom. Now, if you're listening to this, you might think that, hey, it was just a joke in a bank and it was, you know, whatever. It's no big deal. But I think it was a big deal. I think it was a big deal. And I wanted to, I wanted to do the right thing. And I think the, the cowardly thing is to, is to, is to, is to say, oh, fuck off. How you know? How dare you be so sensitive? You know, fuck you. And if you do that enough times, you have a very lonely existence. Your 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 friends disappear. Your family disappears. If you if you if you uh, you know, if you push that boat out to the horizon, like that's the result of that. Um. So I, I had I had made up my mind to. Apologise to Tom the next morning, um, and and then I slept, and then I slept, and the next morning, because I'm I was at this time I was still on Australian time, so I was up at two in the morning, three in the morning, and then I went back to sleep, and then at about eleven the next morning, there was a knock on the door, and I was still feeling. I, I still wasn't feeling very good um, and and who should have be at the door but Tom. And Tom came back the next morning. Now keep in mind, he's knocking on his own door. He's knocking on his own bedroom door. and Adam is asleep in that in his bed. And Tom came in and Tom's a beautiful soul. Tom's a gorgeous human being and he came in he came in and he sat on on, uh, on a chair and the room that he's in when you when you hear these documentaries about you know about artists about say like Vincent van Gogh you know Vincent went to this town in 1894 and took a room above this thing and lived there for 6 months and like that's 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 where Tom is he's in a, he's in one of these european rooms now from an australian perspective those rooms don't really exist. You might get one of those rooms above a pub, above a tavern. Um, but in 2019, you used to have a lot of those taverns in, in uh, like 20 years ago. But they're, they're few and far between now where you could rent a room in a tavern, above a tavern for like $80 a week or 100 bucks a week. But but Tom's in, Tom's in this room and I'm in his room now. And now he's knocking on his own room. He's knocking on his own door, and then he came in, um, and he sat on the chair, and and I wouldn't say a chair because there's only a chair. There's a bed. There's a desk, and there's a chair. Uh, there's a bookcase, and that's it. Like it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful uh, space, and if if you have fantasies of. Uh, of, of, of living a Spartan life, which I do, uh, this room is, is kind of perfect. And, it over, you know, it's, it's, um, it's three stories up in, in, this, in this student living quarters and it overlooks the old city and there's, there's rolling hills and there's old castles and, you know, it's a beautiful view outside the room. And then if you look out of the room during the night, you can see all the other lives and all the other windows across the road. And there's a you know there's a man ironing uh, a dress for his daughter. There's a family in a smaller apartment putting up a Christmas tree. it's all this gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. So Tom came in and um, and sat on a chair. And before Tom could even speak, I I said to Tom, hey man, I'm really sorry if I, if I made you uncomfortable yesterday. Um, and straight away Tom. Tom actually raised his hand, his palms to the, towards me, and said, "Hey, it's it's uh, it's all good, it's all good," because that's a that's the kind of beautiful soul that he is. He was just like, "It's not a problem. We're all uh, we're all navigating this stuff together." And then, now bear in mind, Tom just went to the hospital. With with uh, w- which was probably due to stress-related migraine. And the next day he has to deal with me making Hitler jokes in the bank that he has to do business in. After I leave. So he just said, "Hey man, no problem, no problem at all." So it's uh, it's uh, it is what it is. It is what it is. Um, and then he played me a song on his guitar. and it wasn't it wasn't as if he came into the room to have a chat you know and we need, we needed to have we needed to have a chat we did need to have a chat cuz i was out of order so I, 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 I apologized and said i'm sorry for making you uncomfortable and sorry for being insensitive and i'm you know all the rest of it all the rest of it and then he said i'd like to play you a song And he played me this song that he had written. And the song was, I think it was, I think the title of the song was like living on the earth or something like that. And it was the most beautiful song that I had heard in so many years. It was so beautiful. It was so beautiful that it had a physical effect on me. It actually, as I lay in Tom's bed, And Tom was sitting on the chair playing this song on his guitar. I actually felt the inside of my body, I actually felt the inside of my system um, change temperature. Here's another jogger. Even the men have nice asses in this place. Jesus. Um... And as as I lay there, as I lay in the bed, in his bed, and he was on that chair, and he was strumming his guitar, playing playing this beautiful song. This absolutely beautiful song. I just I just felt I just I felt I felt it was more beautiful than the city itself. It was more beautiful than the architecture. It was more be- beautiful than Where I am right now in in the Rooker Insel, and I just thought, how lucky! How lucky am I to have a friend who not only gives me his bed to sleep in, but after a difficult day, comes and sings me a song as a as a gesture of uh, as a gesture of healing.